My name is Kenny Dial and I want to welcome you to the scuba diving channel. This channel is for anybody that is aquatically inclined or just aquatically curious. My next guest, Emily, is an old friend. I think she has one of the most inspiring stories out there, not only from becoming an incredible independent instructor. She was in demand to be flown around on private jets because people wanted Emily to teach them, their family, and their friends. The real story here is the car accident and how she got through it. Emily decided to dabble in mermaiding and it kind of took off. So she's gonna share a little bit about that, how she got started and what she does with it now and how you can do it. So, welcome Emily. Well, Emily, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I really just want to dive right into it. You were a pro diver and then you got into a car accident. I was on the highway. I don't remember what happened. Um, there were no witnesses and I, my truck flipped and 12 days in ICU later, I kind of started to come to, but I broke my back. I broke both my legs, I had collapsed lungs, which was the biggest issue for diving. They had to repair my liver, pancreas, small intestine. I had a fractured eye. I had to learn how to walk again. Really just a year of obstacles before I was really able to get in the water again. But the water did turn into part of my physical therapy, which was really cool. The water became your physical therapy. You had to relearn to walk. What made you discover that? Like, when did you go, oh, th this will actually help me? I mean, water is just so therapeutic for people in general, and it has amazing healing powers. My physical therapist at rehab said, you know, the pool might actually be a really good place to work. I mean, you're, you can be weightless. A lot of the pressure of on land is taken off of you. So it just every little thing, the water just kind of heals you faster in a sense. You dive again. I have titanium rods in my back, so wearing a BC and a, a tank um, sometimes is a bit much. So sometimes I'll get in and out of my gear in the water just to alleviate the pressure off my back. But once you're underwater, you're virtually weightless. Diving is what it used to be and it's fun. And I just love getting to do it any chance I can. <laughs> was there a point where you, you kind of thought, I might not be diving anymore? There was a lot of questions about me being able to dive. So my lungs kept collapsing and I actually had tubes feeding into both of my lungs. And the problem was I was so skinny that every time they pulled the tube out and plugged it, air would escape in. So it kept causing my lungs to collapse. And then after finally, I guess I built up enough scar tissue or resistance. Finally, they took the tubes out and I was cleared. Obviously your lungs are really important, especially if you're trying to be underwater. And, you know, I was in the pool for a couple months, just breathing in the shallow end. You know, a lot of therapists thought that that was actually good lung therapy, just breathing compressed air. And then, you know, baby steps is kind of like getting open water certified. I went to 15 feet and then I went to 30 feet. And then once we broke that 60 foot, like then really it was just like, okay, I guess I'm in the clear, but we took precautions, you know, we always carried O2 with us, but probably after a few months, your confidence kind of gets up and you're feeling better. So you think, well, if I feel better, I must be better, right? Did you have to reach down somewhere to find that motivation? There were definitely more obstacles getting in the water, but it was just a motivator from the start. Being in the water is just probably the place I love more than anything in the world. and. 
I just couldn't imagine someone taking that away from me. What would you want to tell somebody else that maybe is waking up from coming out of the hospital in a wheelchair or waking up in a coma? I'd probably say just keep fighting. You know, some days it's hard to wake up and keep feeling like you're not taking any steps towards the right direction. Like I woke up a few months into my rehab and I looked at my dad, I said, like, why can't I just be better already? You remember what you have to live for and I still have a purpose. So I'm gonna keep fighting and doing what I love and inspiring people to do what they love and find what they're passionate about. Anyone can do it. Everyone has their own battles and struggles, whether it's physical or mental and just keep pushing through, it'll get better. What made you originally want to start going pro with diving? We had a really close family friend who was watching a GoPro video of me and I actually kind of got stuck. Like I went into an opening that I thought I could get out of and I couldn't. And he said, you know, a lot of people would freak out in that situation. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of were like, oh crap, I'm stuck. How do I get out? And you just wiggled my way backwards and out. And he's like, you know, you handled that like a professional. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe I can do this. This isn't, this isn't so bad. Maybe I can teach other people to do it. And you got all the way up to your dive master and then you worked boats. Yes. Okay. And you worked boats for how long? About a year, maybe two. I moved and started working at a dive shop and I would work at the dive shop and the dive boat. Like I'd go one weekend a month and you got your instructor working boats. So you had the experience. Mm -hmm. How did you go from being instructor for a boat and a shop in South Florida to becoming an independent instructor who had a constant supply of referrals? You know, I realized that your reputation is everything in the industry. It's such a small industry. Everyone knows everyone. I wanted to have a name for myself and and have people really want to specifically seek me out to do their training because they knew it was good training. At first, I would find people who were terrified and who had a really bad experience in their open water class. I think that helped build my reputation. So you're taking someone that's already got a predisposition. That's huge. I love to change people's minds. You know, when you go through a dive shop, you're on a schedule. You know, every class has their outline. You have so many hours allocated to classroom. You only have the pool for so many hours. There's so much daylight you have. Uh, you know, there's a lot of factors into a class. And, you know, some people, they're, they're not in line with, with where everyone else is. And it's hard to stop, you know, seven students to help one. You know, diet's for everyone. You don't need to quit. You just might need some extra practice. And that's okay. Tell me about some of the people you met in some of the places you went? I've done a lot of diving down in the Bahamas. I've gotten to do like private islands, private yachts. Part of having you know a good reputation is when, when other instructors can't be in two places at one time, they have to rely on people who they trust to take their clients diving. Where else have you been? Most of my like client-wise diving has been around the Caribbean. What would you tell somebody that says, hey, I, I, I wanna do that? What do they need to start doing right away? You know, people want a unique experience. They, they want to feel special. And if you as an instructor go out of your way to make someone feel special, 
And you have a lifelong client, a lifelong dive buddy. Holding their hand and walking them through a door into another world. I, there's something there that's just, it, that connection never goes away. Yeah. Um, you never and forget these people. You inspire the passion in them to go diving. They're going to be the ones buying gear. They're going to be the ones booking the liveaboard trip or planning a cruise to hit up three different dive spots. As a private instructor, you make their diving experience more special. It's a hobby that you can enjoy. And you know, when you meet other divers, it's kind of just like out of this world. Like you just become instant friends. Like you have a connection. You're both adrenaline junkies. You both want to share your cool experiences of diving in Galapagos or I don't know, seeing, hearing the humpback whales in Africa, like... Did you do that? I did. <laughs> What's a commonly held belief in the dive industry at large that you, Emily, passionately disagree with? You know, everyone says it's too expensive. If you want to do something, you find a way to do it. Like, I worked on a boat so I could go diving. I worked so I could buy the gear. You know, I didn't want to just rent it. I'm an all or nothing person. All hobbies are expensive. It's, it's an initial investment. If you want to do something, if someone really inspires you to learn something, you're going to find a way to do it. What would you tell somebody that's on a budget that wants to do it, but really can't afford it at the moment, or it's a stretch? I say, what you make a priority, you will do. I've been really fortunate to travel to a lot of amazing countries and cool places around the world. And people young and old say, oh my gosh, how do you do it? And I say, it's because I make it a priority. I don't go eat out or like, if I'm really trying to save up for a trip, I'm not gonna go out drinking all night with my friends. You know, I'm gonna make sacrifices in the short term so that what I'm really working towards is all that in a bag of cookies. So some shops see the independent instructor as competition. Some do not. Yeah, I would disagree as competition. You know, my students might not be taking their class, but my students are also paying full price for the gear. By me bringing in my own students, I'm actually giving them more money than they're charging their own students. What yeah. was the scariest moment in diving for you? <laughs> this one kind of makes me laugh. I actually was on an advanced dive and I was certifying my dad as one of my students. But on that dive, he did what he was supposed to and he stayed with his dive buddy and they got separated from the group and I thought I lost my dad. And I just did not know how I was gonna go home and explain that I lost my dad in the middle of the ocean at night. <laughs> oh my gosh, that definitely freaked you out, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. And when I surfaced with the rest of my class, sure enough, his buddy was low on air and they had gone up to the surface but you always tell someone before you leave and you go up to the surface. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it was a sigh of relief when I saw my dad on the boat greeting me, <laughs> waiting for me to hand up my fins. <laughs> Do you have a particular memory that stands out to you when you think of just the coolest stuff you've ever done, the coolest stuff you've ever seen? One particular snapshot in your head. My first real trip out of the country by myself, I did a, a liveaboard in the Galapagos Islands and we had encountered several hundred dolphins. Like it must have been pods and pods of them. So we stopped, you know, the captain let us snorkel with them. The dolphins swam off. We got on the boat, went to where we were going and we were doing our dives for that day. One of the dolphins came back towards the end of our dive. 
I don't know, it's probably about 45 seconds of just like really looking into each other's souls and playing. And that just, every time I think of diving, I think of that dolphin. <laughs> what are you looking forward to that you feel like you haven't attained yet? I have a list of, of all the animals I'd like to see in the wild diving because I feel like doing it at the aquarium is cheating. Ultimately, I'd like to dive off of all seven continents. I really want to just, I want to go everywhere. <laughs> it's the short answer. What would you say to somebody that might be burning out a little bit on diving? You know, sometimes you do need to take a break, maybe go to the beach. If you love the water, you're always going to love the water. I did. I took a couple of weeks to myself and, and I said, yeah, I really still want to be doing this. Emily, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having Good. me. This has been really fun. <laughs> I hope you loved this conversation with Emily Lucy Brown, successful independent instructor, survivor, and mermaid. Find her on Instagram at the real mermaid Emily or mermaid underscore Emily at outlook.com. To hear the full length uncensored interview, visit sweetwaterscuba.com. One of the biggest ways you can support this show is to leave a rating in Apple Podcasts. Not a review, because let's be honest, it takes too long to think of something to type. But just go to the show in Apple Podcasts and tap the number of stars you think the show deserves. It'll take you less than seven seconds, and I promise it helps us a ton. To watch these conversations on video, head over to YouTube and subscribe to the Scuba Diving channel. And finally, make sure to follow our companion series, down to 60, where we share action-packed, really fun, one-minute videos that break down dive sites and dive skills. Just search Down to 60 on YouTube, Instagram, or wherever the heck you're hanging out on the internet.